0: There are things that you can work on, things that you have to become self aware of, things that your partner needs to become aware of. And Drew and I kind of joke about this, but sometimes when you hear a suggestion from someone outside your marriage, it sounds like a really great suggestion. Sometimes if you hear it from your partner, you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Is this from one of your self help books, Amy? I'm Amy. As we start off a new
1: year, the comparison game comes up so much more often, in my experience at least. I'm looking left, I'm looking right, I'm trying to figure out how can I be the best version of myself, and sometimes it falls into, oh, is someone else doing something that I want to do? Maybe I should do a little bit more of what they're doing. But the trap with this is that their life isn't your life. Like, what they're doing isn't your goal Their motivation, their purpose, their why might not be in line with what yours is. So just as we get started with this, we want you to know that um, the comparison game, it creeps up. It creeps up when we're not even thinking about it. We have had episodes on this in the past, but today we're going to do a different spin and really talking through several of the main comparison traps that come at us as women, the ones that Amy and I see over and over and over again. And the first one is motherhood. Amy and I, we both are mothers, obviously. You guys have been around for a while. You know we're both moms. But the comparison game can come up in all different aspects of it. And I think just between looking at the friends of ours that we have, even looking at Amy and what her life looks like, following accounts on Instagram, the professional experts, comparison is a thief. And it can make us feel so much more less than.
0: I think in motherhood right now, one thing that our generation is Going to struggle with is just over information. Mm-hmm. So we are inundated with all of these suggestions um, when we go on Instagram of how we should handle tantrums, how we should do this, how we should do this, and there are really great suggestions. So I am I feel fortunate that we're in this position, but I also feel like it can make women be really hard on themselves because as Abby. <laughs> Tells me, and as I experience myself, even if you do something really well, like I feel like I'm a pretty patient mom, what glares out after the day is the moments that you were impatient. And then you go on Instagram and you see a post and it tells you exactly how you should have handled the situation that you were just in better than what you did. And you can start to feel a little bit down about yourself. What I think is really nice and what we talked about is that I feel like there are accounts out there, and this is our goal Mm -hmm. as an account, Mm -hmm. is there's people that are also meeting you where you are and they're saying, hey, I struggle with this too. This is hard for me too. When we had big little feelings on the podcast on episode 45, they're sharing all of these incredible tips for how to handle your toddlers. They cover tantrums. They cover potty training. They cover all of this incredible information. But what they also do is they say, hey, we're moms too. We make mistakes. We lose our temper sometimes. We're, we get overwhelmed. And that's what I think makes them such an appealing account to follow. And one of the many reasons that they've grown so fast is that they pulled back the curtain on child psychology development and they made it more approachable by just saying like, hey, me too. Like, I I struggle with this too. I have two toddlers and this is hard for me too. Another account is Feeding Littles and they talk about Baby led weaning and picky toddler eating. And they do the same thing. They talk about feeding your child chicken nuggets sometimes, and they make that, they normalize that and say, We do that too. Like we're, we are a registered dietitian and a speech pathologist, and we sometimes are not going to deliver the best meal to our family because we are sometimes just getting by. So I feel hopeful that there are enough accounts out there that are starting to share their struggles so that moms don't feel like they are the only ones that are struggling. Mm.
1: And even when they have all the information at their fingertips, like all the accounts that you mentioned, they know all the stuff. And they still have those issues. So I feel like so many of us look at the 10 points that you need to be doing. And Colin and I have this conversation where it's like, hey, I'm not doing these 10 points. I'm not doing these 10 things. These are what we should be doing in order to have our children grow and prosper in the ways that we want them to. And Colin had to stop me at one point. He's like, Abby, but we're doing six of them really good. And last month, we were only doing like one or two of them. It's like we're making progress. And I think that somebody who just like wants to always be Perfect in that sense. It's hard for me to look at the progress that I have made in all these little areas of motherhood um, because it's hard to see the day-to-day. It's really easy to see all the places that I'm failing. Um, and even like you, you brought up patience before, Amy, like how you're a really patient mom. That's a, a part of me that I know I'm not strong at. So when I see other people being patient with their kids and I'm not, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible at that. I'm so bad at that. I'm, I, I never can do that. But then I also forget that will my kids be more be organized <laughs>
0: be yes. more organized than be amy's kids yes.
1: <laughs> but will they like we will have we usually have like fun plans in place and we know when the museum will open when we can finally go there and head over there like we we have things in place so that it's not as like stressful moment of figuring out um like what do we need to do right now and that feels good for me but It's easier to see all the places where I'm failing when you're in the moment and when you're feeling like crap as a parent, like to be honest.
0: Yeah. And I thought that – so if you struggle with mom comparison, I think when we had Kate Borsato on the podcast and she talked about just spinning it back to yourself and saying, wow, Amy, you're feeling really impatient today. Like what is it that you need? Or, wow, Abby, it really seems like you're struggling. You're comparing yourself against a really patient mom. Like, what are you good at? Like, always just kind of question. If you're being really hard on yourself, starting to be, as Kate says, more curious can really like transform the, the lens that you have on yourself. And I've found that to be incredibly helpful.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. So motherhood, definitely a comparison trap. Another place that I see this pop up quite a bit is with finances or with spending or with wanting more, with always trying to achieve something else as far as money goes and how far money can take us. And just overall, if you are hanging out with people, if you're friends, if you're coworkers, the people you follow on Instagram, if they have a bigger budget than you, you're always going to be playing catch up. Like you are always gonna be following along and trying to keep up with their with their lifestyle and you aren't going to be there all the time.
0: And I think that's that's such a good point. I remember in our expecting an empowered mama community, a woman posted in there, she said, I, I just have to be honest. When I am in this community and people are always posting, you need Bao Bay sculpt and recovery leggings. You need, and they're just naming these more expensive products. She said, I can't afford those. And it makes me feel really bad and like that I can't provide the best thing for my family. And that was a really Good lens for me to hear. A bunch of women came right in and gave her alternatives at a more affordable price point. So I think that it's important to understand that there are moms out there, like my friend Erin Mama Bear Bliss on Instagram, comes to mind. She does a really incredible job of sharing affordable baby and mom items for her following. And I think too, sometimes people can get into kind of a judgment of like, oh, you shouldn't shop on Inst- or you shouldn't shop on Amazon, like da, 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 da. And I don't know. I just like, I wish everyone could slow down. I understand the reasons why it's better to buy from a small business, but sometimes people are just doing what they can do and mm-hmm. they are doing what they can afford And we have to be more thoughtful of that. So when we were preparing this, I thought, you know, make sure that you're following some people that show a lifestyle that is like yours. Mm -hmm. Like, don't follow all of the people that have the nicest cars, the nicest houses, the newest thing, the snoo, the this, the that, because that probably will start. And sometimes Abby and I were saying, It's subconscious. It's not like you're consciously like, wow, I'm really comparing myself. It can be like you're just so inundated with it that you think everyone can afford more than you can. You're not seeing the full landscape of the American experience in that piece right there Amy
1: with not seeing their full picture either like they may be in debt they may be working for that next paycheck they may have credit card bills that are coming up everywhere you don't know their side of the story they might have this frivolous and beautiful lifestyle but behind closed doors they are struggling with their finances so just know that like on both sides of it people don't have it all together when it comes to finances if you are spending tons of money on clothes and jewelry and cars and vacations and your finances aren't coming in on the other side, there is gonna be an issue, like something has to get.
0: Right, and also I would point out, maybe they can't afford that, but maybe they have some other things that they're dealing with that they're buying things to try to patch. Mm-hmm. I know I, I've said this a bunch of times in my 20s, I was trying to patch <laughs> my Band-Aid over the things that were hard for me by buying things because I thought, oh, if I just have this outfit, right. I'm going to feel better. I deserve this, blah, blah, blah. And so you're sometimes you're not dealing with the stuff that you have to work through. You're just trying to like buy happiness. Oh,
1: I see that coming up so much, especially with the holidays just being right behind us right now. And so much influx of buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. Um, I feel like we were just inundated with it for a long time.
0: And I like what one of our um, past guests Kara Lowenthal shared. I I follow her pretty close on Instagram, and she was just saying like she she does a really good job of buying things that she really she really is a thoughtful with her purchases, but she doesn't mind spending money on things that are really important to her. But she says, like I personally am really minimalistic in dec- decorations because I don't like a lot of stuff so it's like I don't want to you know if all of these women have all of these fox fur I don't know carpets and or rugs that would be called and blankets and this and that and this and that I'm like I just don't that's wait, not is my it sp- called
1: fox fur,
0: or is it, is it faux <laughs> I'm like wait a minute have I been saying a no rug this whole time Perfect example.
1: (laughs) And then I'm like, wait, is she actually talking about a fox? Does Amy want to have like a live animal?
0: (laughs) That was a perfect, that was actually the perfect example of me not knowing because I don't care. I don't want any of it. So don't get influenced to be, have a design aesthetic or a wardrobe that you don't really like. I see women wearing beautiful outfits all the time that I'm like, perfect for her not for me because I know I'm not gonna button my pants
1: you're gonna put those leggings right yeah yeah so like (laughs) I'm
0: not gonna chase something that's not I'm not gonna chase fox fur right now because it's just not for me
1: but if it's a deer hide she might be after (laughs) that one right there
0: (laughs) um a third
1: part or a third piece of this comes up in So often, and we have had full conversations on this one alone in the first couple of episodes. If you are a new listener, head back there on body image. This is a comparison trap that will it'll put you on a hamster wheel. Like you will never be able to win this one, Um, and you're always going to be chasing. Like that's the hard thing with body image is that as somebody who has struggled with body image for decades and finally at a really good spot, I can look back. And see where all those triggers were and where all those issues came up over and over and over again. But overall, if you're a person who struggles with body image, know that the person that you see and the struggles and the issues and the challenges with your own body that you see, other people don't notice that. Like other people don't notice those little things that you're being so nitpicky about. They don't notice the areas that you just like can't seem to get right they don't notice that they see it as a well, whole well also if they do who cares well some people live like, your life some people though like in their heart because I, I would love to just say that and be like who cares but sometimes you as the person are like oh I do care I do care about that but why do you care that's what I want to ask as a follow up is why do you care what that other person is thinking Um, Are they bringing it up to you? Are they like, what is it? What's the underlying issue there? Because I'm guessing that it's not just a little bit of armpit armpit fat because we all we all have that, guys. We all have that.
0: No, not everyone does. (laughs) That's my point, though, is like genetically, you might not be able to change the thing that you're super honed in on. So that's where I'm like, you literally might not be able to change that. And we've had an expert come on and talk about all this and we're going to have more. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to spend my whole life worrying about extra skin that I have had from birthing three, carrying three full-size, beautiful children. Like that's just, so when I have that conversation in my head, that's where I go. I'm like, Amy, and I give myself the talk that resonates with me. So like that, I, my voice might not resonate with what your internal dialogue is. I'm like, Amy, this is not worth your energy. Like you have a ton of awesome stuff to focus on. I am not going to sweat if my stomach looks like I've had children. I'm just not. Um, so that's, that's the interesting part of the conversation. Cause I just don't think people can change some of the stuff that they're so hyper-focused on. So you're going to have to work through that. And Amy, having that internal
1: dialogue and being able to, like, you know how to talk to yourself. Yeah, You are super, super good about talking to yourself as a person and being like, what does what does Amy need from Amy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make yourself feel supported yeah, yeah. in that best way? Um, and, and have that conversation. If the first time it doesn't work out, have a different conversation. Like, Change up the conversation. The best part is, is that you're with yourself all the time, so you can... Pretty much change that lingo and figure out what what type of discussion is going to work best for you. But the amount of mental energy it takes to constantly be thinking about food and your body and the next goal that you just can't seem to reach, when you can finally let that go, even if it's not completely, but if you can start to let that go slowly and working your way into it, the amount of free space you have in your mind to do things that that really truly bring you so much joy... um, it's pretty incredible.
0: And the comparison piece really plays in as we've talked about in the past is if you're on Instagram and you're only following this these fitness accounts with all of these women that have these "quote unquote incredible bodies where they don't have very much body fat and every muscle is showing and that's what you think is reality. I've said that in the past. I'm like what I follow on Instagram and then when I go out in the real world to Noah's Ark when that was a thing when we could do that <laughs> you don't see the same thing. You know, there's people with all types of bodies. It's not wrong for those girls to have those those bodies that they work really hard for. I'm just saying don't morph your reality into thinking everyone has that or that those girls have a magic elixir that then they're super body confident. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the the women that try so hard to look a certain way women that are very thin sometimes they have the worst body images
1: yeah yeah or you keep on seeing that larger image in the mirror like you keep on seeing the person that you used to be um to go into that amy too what you see another another person, like those beautifully long legs or how um, amazingly tall they are. As you can tell I'm Yeah 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 (laughs) like, like they look so they they're so thin, they look so strong. That also can be Sometimes one of their insecurities. They're like, oh, my chicken legs are always here. They're always just, I can't find jeans that fit me right. Um, And not in every case, but sometimes like the thing that you're lusting after can actually be somebody else's insecurity. So you don't really even know the internal conversation that's going on in some of these women's heads.
0: Mm, It's complex. We'll visit it again. That's always going to be an important conversation to have on the podcast because so many women struggle with body image. And confidence, and that's statistically. And what we need to do is address it, work on it, because a lot of us are raising little people. And whether I don't, I honestly don't care if it's a little boy or a little girl, if they're seeing a negative body image, habits that are maybe not healthy, good or bad. That's what I think. Sometimes when I'm on Instagram and someone's speaking so, um, Oh, they have like 100 rules for food and they're raising a daughter. I'm like, I'm worried about her because, yes, that's very healthy, but that's also maybe not setting her up for success.
1: When you have those restrictions, like when you have all those restrictions on you and you aren't able to, like that's when our body, like we want to fight against it. As humans, we want to fight against those restrictions. It's just human nature. And with all this, I do want to mention our sponsor, BetterHelp. I think about therapy. I've been in therapy for years and years and years um, before BetterHelp was a sponsor of ours. And I think about the conversations that I had with my therapist, the conversations on comparison, comparison not only in motherhood, but comparison with that body image came up over and over again. And these are conversations that if you – are having that internal dialogue and it's not nice. Like it's not a pleasant conversation or you feel like you're just running in circles, talking to a licensed professional about these issues can make this year be the start of the best year yet. Make you stop these comparison games, make you really focus on the life that you're living um, and not trying to run everyone else's. So we do want to remind you that BetterHelp does provide a discount for all of our listeners and that's BetterHelp.com backslash herself for 10% off. Again, that's betterhelp.com help, backslash herself. And that will get you 10% off your first month of counseling. So just know all of the issues and the challenges that Amy and I bring up on the podcast, not only in this one today, but we're pretty open, guys. Like We bring up the stuff that we're going through and we bring it up in real time. Like We're not the people that will say, oh, I used to struggle with this. It's like, no, right now, Right now, this is a hard point for us. And I want to make sure that other people and other women feel heard.
0: Well, yeah. And I think, you know, the therapy piece to it is that we also don't believe that we are, you know, your life coach or your therapist. Some of this stuff is actually healing that you need to do, maybe from the way that you were raised as a little girl and the way your mom spoke about her body or the way that she was always on diets or whatever it was, there's healing that needs to happen. And that's not on you. It's not for lack of you trying or you, you know, not being quote unquote strong, whatever you're thinking. It's like, actually, you might just need a little bit of help to like reset or learn how to stop your thoughts or reframe like a lot of the stuff I've worked on it's with reframing. my therapist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely
1: reframing. And that brings us into the last point. Well, there's millions. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, with comparison. <laughs> um, but as we were thinking about the ones that we see every single day, the ones that Amy and I talk about with each other, the ones that we see in our DMS, and our friends are talking about, the last one is on partnerships. So whether you are married to somebody, whether it's a long-term committed relationship, whether, I mean, whatever your situation is there. From the outside, a lot of times relationships look great. Like the couple is happy. They are holding hands. They talk super nicely about each other. They always seem to have something going on. Date nights. I mean, you guys know it. Like we see those people all the time. Everyone's the best husband, the best
0: dad, the best wife the best everything. And that's not wrong. I think it's great. Speak highly of your people, especially, you know, in a public situation. But this is the one area of the four that we've discussed where I still think there's the most room for improvement when it comes to social media. Like I don't see many couples talking about what they struggle with. And when Abby and I were kind of wrestling with this, like, why is that? Why is this the one area? We, and we don't know if we're right, but what we landed on is that we have very supportive husbands, Drew and Colin, they'll be back on the podcast. They are vulnerable. They are confident. They feel feel purpose in Abby and I sharing the things that we're working on inside of our couplehoods. We're not running a Ponzi scheme behind their back. They listen to our podcast. We would never share something they weren't comfortable with. But if other people don't have that, they might not have the ability to share their struggle. If they're not confident that they're in a solid, secure relationship, they might not feel confident sharing their struggle publicly. Mm Mm-hmm
1: and and with the relationship like you are one part of that relationship so i think a lot of women are like ooh do i bring this up like is this throwing my husband under the bus is this throwing my partner under the bus so then they just don't even bring it up at yeah. all and then so all you see is the nice comment the nice comment the nice comment and you don't see the oh, this is a part that we are still working on. When in reality, you might be working on the exact same thing and just are too afraid to bring it up to your friend because she seems to have it all together.
0: Yeah, and I've seen it a lot with celebrity couples. And I know that sounds kind of funny to say, or even like bachelorette couples, where people are like, goals, goals, goals. I wish I could find a love like that. And then the next day they're broken up or they're getting divorced because they had a certain role to play in front of us and that was to be a really in love couple and so they weren't going to show anything off until really they couldn't do it anymore and they're like okay game over like this like this isn't going to work out so i think also i understand in some situations it's kind of their job to present themselves in a certain way it is a a place that's harder to be vulnerable i like how you started the conversation when you said you know, no matter what type of relationship you're in, because there's some people that are single and they're lusting over getting in a partnership. Um, but for me, I, it, it really feels like it has to be the right one. It can't be like, I am settling for this. I am lonely. I'm hurting myself, whatever it is. It's like, it really, I feel like two healthy adults you know, sacrificing, caring, having, being able to have like a safe relationship is what the actual lust should be for. Like, if right. you're gonna want to get into one, it's so, not just having another person there. It has to be real, right? And I think <laughs> all of us, like looking back at my dating history, have I sometimes been like, yeah? I mean, I I I I loved being in relationships. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um. I think I can totally understand that piece of it. It takes growing and learning about yourself. And truthfully, like now being in such a, such a caring, like I know Drew's got my back. I know he's, I know I have his, it's changed my perspective on things. Cause I'm like, this is like what, this is what it was supposed to be like. Right. But I settled for things that were not up to the standard because sometimes you don't even know that's possible
1: you don't you don't um and i i want to say all this because somebody might be like oh but it's easy for you to say you have supportive and vulnerable partners because it took t- took work like these conversations took work. It wasn't just like we got into the relationship and Colin and Drew were willing to share their hearts and souls. I mean, ten years ago, if I would have brought up even half of the stuff that we share on the podcast, Colin would have been like mortified that I was sharing. Also
0: that. you though. Like, you oh, know, 100%. you like to yeah. also me. Like we like to show up in a certain way looking you I feel like everyone goes through that phase where they want to show their good side. They want to be the guru. They want to be like the girl that has it together. And now we're like, okay, yeah, just like bit <laughs> us head off this morning. And it's like, it takes, because I, I truly think that it, as Brene Brown says, our guru of all things, mm-hmm. vulnerability is strength. So now that Drew and I feel really confident in our relationship, we feel really strong that's when we have the confidence to tell the world about these things that we struggle with, because we know, we know we're we know we're rock solid, but we know that we have some jagged edges,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's definitely growing to
1: do in every relationship, and for your entire life. Like that's how it's supposed to be. Um, if you're not growing, you're decaying. And so we want to continue to be moving our relationships moving forward so that we can be a little bit better tomorrow than we are today. Yeah.
0: And if you're stuck in the comparison of your relationship to the women you follow on Instagram that only post positive about their partners, that can be a really sticky trap because you can start to think, am I not married to the right person? You know are we do we have more problems than the a normal average couple? Drew and I were actually on a walk to our local coffee shop the other day, and we were talking about this concept, and I said, "You know, babe, if you were married to another type A person, you guys would still have problems."." Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I think we even said it. I'm like you and Abby would probably kill each other in a different way. Would our drawers, like the actual
1: drawers always be clean and organized? Yeah. And
0: shut. Yeah. <laughs> and shut. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I keep your life spicy. I have things that I bring to this relationship. Like we both agree. It if we were married to other people, we would still have a whole host of issues. It's not no relationship is without them. You just have to work to get them to a place where it's really functional for both people. As we know from our Tuesday spotlight that we do on Instagram with our community, there is a lot of couples that are going through really hard things. You know, they might be at a really tough patch in their marriage. And we often just don't get that insight into other people's relationships. There are a ton of couples that are going to therapy right now, mm-hmm. trying to you know, get into a better place, trying to figure out how they can stay together. Maybe they're deciding they can't. That happens. We just usually don't have a front row seat. And I understand that because sometimes that truly has to be private and something that you're working through. So I just want to normalize that people have relationship struggles, and we understand why you can't see those because people are working and trying to heal and trying to you know do what they need to do. Drew and I have decided that he would come to a couple of my therapy sessions as a way to how can we even improve this more? We keep having these same little squabbles. Why don't we have a third person in this relationship? Mm -hmm. Tell us how we could see it from the other person's point of view or give us suggestions for how to start up the conversation better so that the other person won't be upset. So I don't know. I'm just passionate about normalizing that even strong couples – have times where Drew and I have had personally a really stressful year. A lot of people have in 2020. We are like, okay, we, our marriage matters so much to us. It's our number one thing. We're going to go into therapy to work on this, to make sure that we can, you know, patch this up and get to a better spot. And then normalizing
1: the fact, like when you say therapy five years ago, Amy and Abby may have been like, what are you going to therapy for? Like, you guys, do you guys have big issues? Like, no, let's normalize this. You guys like, let's let's normalize these conversations with therapists because a, it could be totally preventive. Like you're going to stop the current issues that are still small enough to not become really, really big catastrophic things. And number two, like, therapy is amazing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> having that third party be part of these conversations isn't bad or weak or make you any less than a person. Like those are things that you are working on with your marriage. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I am so proud of you for taking those steps. The,
0: my friend said it best. She said, if they they have two kids right now, they're thinking of having a third. Every time they have a kid, their marriage goes on the rocks. Like they really, she said, for whatever reason, we have the hardest time during our baby years. Both times, it has just been, she's like, I don't know if our marriage can like sustain another baby year. I told him, I will only have another baby with you if we go to therapy before we even get pregnant and go down the road, because they've got to figure out, out a couple a be- a couple better options than having such a catastrophic year, There are things that you can work on, things that you have to become self-aware of, things that your partner needs to become aware of. And Drew and I kind of joke about this, but sometimes when you hear a suggestion from someone outside your marriage, it sounds like a really great suggestion. Sometimes if you hear it from your partner, you're like, ah, I'm not (laughs) sure. Is this from one of your self-help books, Amy? (laughs) Like, you know, and- We have a high level of respect from each other, but truthfully, sometimes you need to hear it from someone outside of your own relationship to take it more seriously. Sometimes you need the accountability from other people. Maybe for you, it's not therapy, it's um, friends that you're doing life with. Like Abby, Colin, Drew, and I could talk about things that are going on inside of our marriage and just be vulnerable with each other and know that it's a safe space. We could say Things and the other people aren't going to launch into suggestions or one up us or do anything like they could hear that. They could probably also speak to their own struggle. Mm -hmm. And I found that once you start having those conversations,
1: you learn more about other people and other couples than you ever knew was actually happening. Like things come up from underneath the surface and they're like, oh my gosh, I thought that was just something that we dealt with. So right. you know, these are, these are real issues that real couples have that a lot of couples have. It is not just you. It is not just you and your partner. This is something that we need to have the conversations about. So, I mean, just to really wrap this up, like all of this, all of this comparison, you really don't know what's going on in other people's worlds. Like, just put it that way. There is a lot that is going on underneath the surface that doesn't meet the eye. Um, And comparing yourself over and over again, it's just, it's going to steal from your joy. It's going to make you feel less than, and it's not going to help you be the best person you can be this year or any year.